This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Thus far in these first six days of Pastor Ray's eight-day series entitled, God's Gift of Salvation to All of Mankind, we first heard amazing revelation concerning the wonder and majesty of being born again, the greatest miracle that can ever take place in the life of a believer. Next, Pastor explained God's salvation covenant, a complete and full package of benefits and blessings that accompany the born-again experience and made available free of charge to those who just know enough to receive it. And who doesn't love all those benefits promised to those born again? But salvation must be far more than simply personal benefits and rewards. Somehow it must give glory to the one who makes it possible. So, in this final two-day message, centered on a saved Christian's responsibilities, we'll now clearly see that while salvation is surely God's gift to us, what we do with that salvation is our gift to God. Let's now join Pastor Ray. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 2. We're going to continue on this series that we've been doing on the subject of salvation. Very, very first part of the series we talked about and have to nail down and establish that salvation is a free gift that comes from God by His grace that we receive through faith. And this is not attained or achieved by human effort or by works or by merit. Everybody comes to God at the same place and the same level. We're all sinners in the need of a Savior. We've all made a mess. I don't care how handsome you are or how beautiful you are, how much makeup you put on this morning, how many earrings and, you know, chains you have around your neck. We all came to God in ugly sin. And the way out of sin was by one and through one person, and that is Jesus Christ. We don't come to God with human effort. We don't come to God with our good works. We come as sinners in the need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And for all who will accept Him, the free gift, the free gift of salvation is imputed or imparted to that person. And each and every person, anyone, the Bible doesn't have any qualifications, doesn't matter how bad you were, how dirty you were, how ugly you were, or the worst sin that you could ever commit in your life. When you come into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and you come to a place of repentance before God and you ask the Lord into your heart sincerely and seriously and you believe in your heart that God sent Jesus and that Jesus is real and that Jesus is the Lord and that Jesus is God himself, salvation becomes yours. It comes in the simplest way that could ever be. So salvation is a free gift and I'm grateful for that free gift. So now this week, I mean, there was a lot of shouting and hallelujah over the last two weeks because everybody likes the fact that salvation is a free gift and that I don't have to do anything to earn it. And everybody loves to talk about the benefits that come along with salvation. Be truthful here. No lying in church on a Sunday morning. We all love the benefits that come along with salvation. But today 
we're going to talk about something that's a little bit more serious and a little bit more heavy, if you want to call it that. And today what we're going to talk about is that salvation, salvation, the believer's responsibility. Because even though this is a free gift and even though it's loaded with all kinds of great benefits, there is a responsibility that you and I have being recipients of this awesome gift that was given to us, not by our own effort, not by our human works, but by the pure, powerful, holy love of God that is towards you and me. But once we receive this salvation, we have a responsibility to do something with this salvation that God has given us. I don't know about you, but I live every day grateful from where God has taken me to where he has brought me to this day. I realize fully and understand thoroughly that even though I've had to cooperate with God and, and I've had my part to play in obedience, that God is the one who has added blessing upon blessing and breakthrough upon breakthrough and favor upon favor and help upon help. It's been God who has gone before me all the days of my life, paving the way because I gave him the faith to work with. I gave him the trust. I gave him my heart and I gave him my life. And I continue on a daily basis to give my life and everything I am over to him. And he continues every day to load me with the blessings that come from heaven. And this is for every believer. But there is a responsibility that you and I have before the Lord being recipients of this awesome grace gift called salvation. One man said many, many years ago, never forgotten this. This is not my saying, but someone said, salvation is God's gift to you. What you do with that salvation is your gift back to God. And one of the things that you and I need to consider, we need to put our emphasis on and focus in on. I love talking about the benefits. I love talking about the free gift of salvation. I love talking about all the things that God has for us. But we've got to talk about our responsibility. What we need to do as believers, what we need to do as God's sons and daughters, to give God back a gift for the gift that he's given us. To say thank you, not just with words, empty words that come from our mouths, but with action and activity and a life that God can be pleased with because we are not giving up on him. We are not giving up on the word. So salvation is God's gift to you. But what we do with that salvation is our gift back to God. So Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul writing to the church of Philippi says this. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Now listen to these words. Listen to these words. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. So what does it mean to work out? I love going back to Greek words, like I said before. So the word work out or the term work out means this. Work on to the finish, completion and perfection. To work out one's salvation means that I continue on a daily basis to continue to seek God, hunger for God, study after God, follow God's ways, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, but to actively pursue God with everything that I've got. Actively seek and desire what, what God would have me to, how God would have me to live and what God would have me to do in my life. 
To work out means that we've got to do something, church. We can't just sit back and say, well, praise God, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. Thank God for that. I missed hell. That's not, that's not what God would de- desire. God wants us to develop as Christians. He wants us to do something with this salvation. He wants us to become conquerors and not the conquered. He wants us to become victors and not victims in this life. So the word to work out means to, to actively work to the finish, to complete, to bring to com- completion or perfection this salvation that God has given us. We can't be inactive. We must be very much alive. We must have passion. I've seen too many Christians in all these years who have lost their passion, lost their fire, lost their vigor, lost all of the, the, the memory of the great things that God has done. And, and you see, in this day and age and hour that we are living, there are temptations, there are distractions, there are trouble, there always going to be. Jesus said, while you're in the world, you will have trouble. But he said, take heart or be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. We've got to be very, very mindful of what we're doing and who we're connecting with, because what happens is that you, 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 you start to drift away. You're not working out your salvation You're not passionate about it. You're not pressing through. Troubles are going to come. Temptations are going to come. Booby traps of the enemy are going to come. Disappointments are going to come. Sin is going to come. But what you do with it as a believer determines whether you're willing to work it out or just give up and give over to the enemy and give out and play dead. It's time for God's people to rise up with a whole brand new spirit, a fighter's spirit, one that is willing to stand the tests, trials and temptations that may come our way and to continue to work it out with everything that we've got within us. Because it's easy to quit. It's easy to throw in the towel. It's easy to give up. But this gift that we have received from God, this salvation... This gift, although it didn't cost us anything, it cost God everything. Jesus was willing to die for you and for me, that we might have a brand new life, that we might be taken from the power of darkness, being under the bondage of Satan with festering sins and guilt and shame. And instantly upon our receiving of Jesus, translated into the kingdom of his dear son and love and power and acceptance. Wow. Some of us have forgotten from how far we have come. We need to work it out. You're always going to have interactions with people that sometimes are very, very difficult. Even though they're Christian doesn't mean that they got their act together. Trust me. But we've got to learn to work it out and not give into it or give up because of it. We need to learn to work it out so that we can keep on going no matter what comes in our way, no matter what temptation, what trial, what test, what booby trap. We are continuing on with Jesus for this one reason, because we are grateful for what God has done in our lives and I'm never going to give up on God. He gave me this salvation. He saved my life from the pits 
And now I'm going to take this life and I'm going to do everything I can to tell the world about Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can to help somebody know God, experience his love, experience his power and experience his presence as well. That's what we are to be doing as Christians, not just sitting back, relaxing and enjoying the fact that we are saved, looking at a world that's about to go to hell. He said, work out. Now, I like the next two words, your own salvation. In other words, first and foremost, you're not supposed to be working out everybody else's salvation. (laughs) It's amazing to me how people love to work out everybody. You know exactly what everybody else needs to do, but you can't do anything about your own life. (laughs) Work out. Four words. Four words that you got to learn here today. Mind your own business. Leave people alone. You as a responsible believer have to work out your salvation. Doesn't matter what everybody else around you is doing. What matters is what are you doing as a child of the living God who was snatched from the pits of hell and given this free gift of grace that comes to us by our heavenly father called salvation. What are you doing? Mind your own business. So he says, first of all, you've got to work out your own salvation. Not everybody else's, but yours. Second part of that is that nobody can do it for you. Don't blame everybody around you that you're not maturing, that you're not growing, that you're not more. Everybody wants to blame somebody. And most of the time in the church, when a person is given up on working out their own salvation, the very first person they're going to start to blame is the pastor. Don't like the preaching, don't like the word, don't like the worship, don't like the lights, don't like the smoke, don't like the the sound. (laughs) Got every excuse in the book because you've just stopped working out your own. You see, what you've done is you've become critical, grouchy. And probably if you're doing it at church, you're doing it at home too. And not only do the church people know that you're ugly and grouchy, but your wife knows it, your husband knows it, your kids know it, people you work with know it. You're losing everything because you you put your nose everywhere else than where it should be. It should be on working on yours. Listen, I like to say this about myself. I got enough to do in my life. I don't have time to meddle in all these stupid things and put my nose where my nose doesn't belong. I got enough work to do right here with my own salvation. I'm working on me and my life because the truth of the matter is When I die, none of you are going with me. You're not going to be standing there saying, yeah, he was God. He was good, Jesus. No, you're not going to be there speaking on my behalf. I'm going to be speaking for myself. And you're going to be speaking for yourself. That's why we need to put our attention on our own salvation, not sticking our nose in everybody else's business. Let me teach you a lesson here. Leave everybody, leave people alone. Just do what the word teaches you to do. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. Encourage. And leave the rest to the Holy Spirit to work in their life. But for you, you need to work on your own salvation. So he says, I like it. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that doesn't mean fright and terror because we're not afraid of God. 
What it means is respect and awe. I'll bet you, but I am still in awe over what God has done with my life. I mean, I hear all of these wonderful things that people say. Keep, keep it coming because I love it. But <laughs> I hear these wonderful things. But I look and I say, you know, and I'm being serious. I mean, I'm being serious about this. I look and I say, who are they talking about? Could that possibly be me? And I mean that. I'm not, I'm not being, trying to be, you know, humble. Or so. It's like, wow, wow. I make that kind of impression on somebody. I help somebody that much. See, we've got to approach this salvation and what God has done in our lives with just awe over what, who God is and what God has done through our lives. I look to the Lord and say, it's, it's all God. It, 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 I take no glory for myself. It's, it's all you, God. You, you've done it. You're, you're the one who's doing all of this. I'm just the vessel through whom you're working. I want to I decrease like John the Baptist said, I need to keep decreasing that he might continue to increase in my life. We've got to approach this salvation with awe over what God has done and what God is doing and with awesome respect in the presence of God. Doesn't mean we're afraid, but it means that we have awesome awe and respect for the living God. I don't want to just take this gift of salvation for granted. God saved me. God blessed me. God increased me. God added to my life. I have a responsibility now in my life, and so do you, to to work this salvation out, to work through the challenges of life, to work through the pressures, to work through the tricks and the schemes and the booby traps of the devil, to work it out. See, everybody wants to quit. The big word in marriages when struggle comes is the D word, Everybody wants to go through door D, divorce. Well, that's not only true of marriages, but it's true of church relationships. It's true of of relationships within the kingdom of God between believers. Everybody wants to divorce and split up and walk away, but we're called to work it out. We're called to grow into mature beings that God is desiring and wanting and calling us to be, to be examples in this world, to the world outside of the church world of what a Christian is, bearing the marks and bearing the work that God has worked in our lives. Dear God, the world is just crying to see a true Christian that's going to stand and believe with faith and push through and not quit and not give up and not engage and enter into worldly activity, but to be outstanding among all of the other people. We're called to work it out. We're called to work out this salvation with fear and with trembling in the presence of God, with awe, great respect and great awe over what God has done. I wonder, I wonder how many of us really need to rethink this because, because Maybe we have taken our salvation for granted. Maybe we've just taken it as a given. I'm saved by grace. I can live any way I want. I can do whatever I want. I'm saved by grace. No, you can't. Don't trample over the grace of God. Be grateful. Be thankful. Honor God with your life. Honor God with everything you have. The one way you're going to honor God more than anything is by, by being committed to this walk with him and never turn your back and never give up. Stuff's going to happen. The devil's going to taunt you. The devil's going to try to trick you. Temptations will come. Sin will come. But that's not a reason for us to give up, to quit, and to walk away. Or worse than that, put our 
walk with God in neutral. Because a lot of people don't walk away. Say, oh, I didn't walk away from God. No, but you walked away from working out your salvation. Because we are supposed to be in constant pursuit, constant growth. The Bible teaches us to, you know, I love this phrase from the Word of God. He's taking us from glory to glory. And I added on glory and glory and glory. We're supposed to be constantly moving upward with God, not stagnated, not in neutral and most certainly not going backwards. Am I speaking to anybody in this nice church this morning? Work out yourself. We've got to work through things. Got to work through things. Because people just give over to the flesh so easily, so quickly. You just do whatever the flesh wants you to do. But that's not working it out. That's not working it out. We're supposed to be maturing and growing and developing our faith and our love walk and our trust in, in the living God. So, so he says, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Let's go over to Hebrews. You still all love me? Good. Doesn't matter. I'm still going to preach it anyhow. In my 30 years of this church, I've had people walk out on me. And when they do, I say, hallelujah. I know I'm preaching. Now I know I'm preaching right. So don't anybody, don't anybody walk out here today. You'll be marked. Hebrews chapter 2. Now we've got to remember the essence of Hebrews and in short, this is, this is like the Reader's Digest version, but the Hebrew Christians were Christians. They were Jews that had become Christians. They had received the grace message and came away from the practices of the law and all of those Jewish traditions. And they, were, they accepted Jesus and they, they were going along well. But Paul, along the way, heard that some of them were starting to fall away and going back into the practices of the law. So Paul crafts this book and writes this book called, we call it the Book of Hebrews or the Letter to the Hebrews. And in this letter, Paul is trying to re-stimulate them and encourage them and remind them of this great covenant that we have now of grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And that you shouldn't go backwards, but you should continue on. In other words, you can continue to work it out in this salvation, this new salvation that you have received. But yet some of them were falling away. And that's like a lot of Christians I know today that instead of continuing on in their walk with God, they're going backwards. We got to call them back. Amen. So one of the words that you'll hear that kind of keeps repeating itself in the book of Hebrews is the word better because Paul is trying to contrast that the covenant we have now is better than the old covenant. And one verse, it's one of my favorite verses, he says it's a better covenant based on better promises. I love it. So here in the, in the opening uh, sentences that Paul is presenting through the book of Hebrews in chapter 2, this is what he says. Now listen to this. He says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed Another word for heat is attention to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series 
groceries in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.